You're listening to the Unconventional Creative Podcast, where we celebrate living life outside the lines and forging your own path to happiness. We are the dreamers, doers, and trailblazers of the world. I'm your host, Brooke Taylor, creative biz entrepreneur, world wanderer, nostalgia enthusiast, and aspiring author. And here's the show. Happy Friday if you're listening to this on launch day and happy every other day as well. I am absolutely stoked to bring you guys today's guest. Jess, welcome to the Unconventional Creative Podcast. Thank you so much. I am super pumped to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad you came on. It's going to be so much fun. Um, Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Jess. I live up in Ontario, Canada, and I am both a virtual assistant and an online business mentor. Um, so the virtual assistant side to help online business owners with the backend tasks of their business, making them run more efficiently and basically taking off the things that they do not like to do or do not want to do. And then on the flip side, I'm also uh, basically a virtual assistant mentor. So I help other people start virtual assistant businesses because I had so many people asking me how I did it. And I'm like, all right, I just have to help y'all out because it's an amazing business to run. So yeah, that's what I do. Okay. Tell me how you got to this point in your life of being an entrepreneur. Yes. It is a little bit of a wacky journey. Um, <laughs> I actually originally went to school for landscaping and horticulture, which sounds like the most random thing. Everybody, I tell them I have an online business and they assume I went to school for business or admin or some fancy degree. And nope, I was a landscaping gardener for about seven years And I just realized that I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to work in the mud every single day. I enjoy being outside. I grew up, you know, with horses and mucking stalls and doing all those things. And I always knew that I loved, you know, the outdoors and nature and just not being at a desk every single day. But I just knew that gardening wasn't for me forever, which kind of is weird that I came full circle and now work online at a desk. (laughs) Um, But it is kind of freeing for me because now I have more free time to do the things that I actually enjoy outside of work and not have to sit at a cubicle at a business that I don't enjoy doing. Right. Good. Awesome. Um, What does, you talked a little bit about freedom there. So like, and I know you're kind of focused on lifestyle freedom. So can you explain to people what we're looking at when we're looking at lifestyle freedom? Yeah, I know freedom is kind of a little bit of a loaded word for a lot of people. But for me, lifestyle freedom just means like freedom of choice. That's it never used to mean that it used to mean, you know, traveling and living out of a backpack and doing van life and all of those things. But at the end of the day, for me, it now boils down to freedom of choice, having autonomy over my day and my schedule and who I want to work with and who I don't want to work with. Um, So a lot of it for me really is that choice. You know, if I want to go travel, I can, if I want to sit on my couch for days on end and not talk to anybody, I can. So it really does boil down to just whatever the heck I want to do, I get to do. And I know a lot of people say, you know, if you're going to have this online business, you need to be a digital nomad you need to be living out of a backpack in Thailand and doing all these things. Or you get the flip side of moms who just want to be home with their kids. And I say like, I'm a little bit of everything. I want to travel, but sometimes I just, yeah, like sitting on my couch or being in my pajamas or not getting out of bed till noon. And I think, yeah, freedom of choice is really what the lifestyle freedom has boiled down to for me. Right. And I don't think people should feel pressured into doing something just because they see it. That's what everybody else is doing. Like if you have the freedom to do what you want, do what you want. It really is weird. And especially in the online space, so many people 
started the business to travel, but then they feel like they have to keep up the charade of traveling 24 seven. And that is actually very exhausting Mm -hmm. Um, for anybody who travels more than just a week, you know, outside of just like a weekly vacation once a year, like traveling is tiring and it is a lot of work and there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And I just realized, and you know, my husband's kind of similar where like he enjoys traveling and adventures, doing all those things, but he definitely does not want to be a full-time traveler. He doesn't want to live out of a backpack. Um, And as much as I used to say, I hate routine. I do like structure. I do like, you know, having a home structure to some abilities, but being being also able to just be like, screw it, let's get plane tickets and let's go somewhere this weekend. So yeah, it's weird. The pressure that people put on you to say that you have to follow this one particular thing, because that's what you started for. And I'm like, nope. I'm going to do whatever I want and you can't tell me otherwise. (laughs) That's the best part, right? The ability (laughs) to have a schedule and then totally throw it out the window. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a point in your life where you knew you had to be an entrepreneur? Like you were no more, no more going to work for the man. Yes. Um, I think I always... I was a bit of a weird kid in the sense that like, I never knew what I wanted to do when I grew up, you know, you get the kids that I'm going to be a vet when they're like 12 years old, or I'm going to be a police officer, or I'm going to be a dentist or whatever it is. Like I never had that. I probably changed my career mind every single month. I was going to be a jockey. I was going to be a vet. I was going to be, you know, a sailboat cleaner. I was going to be like a house painter. I had all these different ideas, but I just knew the one thing they had in common was that it wasn't me sitting at a desk doing a job I hated every single day for 40 years. And I didn't know what that looked like. And I always kind of said, I wanted to be my own boss, but I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't, you know, you're 15 or you're in high school and you're like, yeah, sure. One day. Um, and I actually picked my profession literally from a list. I knew same thing. I knew I didn't want to work at a desk. So I went to like our, our Ontario college's website and I just scrolled and I was like, yeah, I could be an arborist. Yeah. I could be a a vet tech. Yeah, I could do these things. And I literally just scrolled until I picked one that I was like, I could probably do that. And I went to school and it seems like the most random thing, but the more I did it, and I've said this before to some people is I worked in the public sector for most of my career as a landscaper and a gardener. Those people are miserable. Like they have the cushiest jobs. They make the most amount of money. They have the easy, they work three hours a day getting paid for eight and they're miserable. And I just could not understand it. It's all 50-year-old divorced men that just hate life beyond anything. I was like, do you understand how lucky you are to have this job, to have this lifestyle, to make the kind of money you do and not actually do any work? And I just said, like, if like they make a lot of money, but they're miserable. And I said, I do not want this. This is the last thing I want. Everyone's always vying for the, you know, the full-time roles in the public sector and to move up the ladder and to make as much money as possible. And I'm like, I won't be caught dead doing this. And I pretty much, I think as soon as I had that mindset, it was a downward slope for me in that industry. And I think that's probably why I hit a wall where I'm like, you know, I changed jobs, I changed cities, I changed locations and every single place I went, they were all the same. And it was the weirdest thing. And everyone's like, where are you going? It's just, I didn't understand it. And it's, you, you can't figure out why they're miserable either. It's the littlest things that set them off. They're always grumpy. They're always I'm like, smile. It's a good day to be alive. Like you have a good job. Like they could be worse. Um, so once I decided that I was like, this isn't for me, I don't want to do this full time. And it just became a means to something else. Um, and actually in 2017, my husband and I got married, which was awesome. Love him. And then, um, obviously being in Canada seasonal, like I work seasonally because winters, you can't do gardening in Canada. So every single winter I was unemployed, I was just like, all right, I get six months of unemployment pay to sit at home, which was not bad, obviously, but 
I just got to a point where I'm like, I don't want to do this every single winter. You can't travel without making money. I did travel some winters and get kind of gave that up, which is fine. But um, in 2017, I was like, all right, there has to be something more to this. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, how can I start to make money online so I can travel more or I can work from a farm or I can visit my parents whenever I want to. And I kind of went down a rabbit hole online and just kind of found the virtual assistant world. And I was like, I could do this. Like, this doesn't seem very hard. I could try this. And it pretty much just took off from there. That winter, I learned everything I could. I got my first client within two weeks. Um, and then in 2019, my husband and I actually quit our full-time jobs bought an RV and traveled across Canada for three months, coast to coast, which was absolutely life-changing. And that just reaffirmed to me that this was what I wanted to be doing, that I could take my business on the road. I could hike, I could travel, I could go to waterfalls and mountains. And since I came back, I've been full-time in business and that's really sparked new creativity in me. And that like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't want to be sitting at a job that I hate with people who are miserable for the rest of my life. No way. I think so many people get wrapped up in that like girl boss hustle culture as well. And I don't want that anymore. When I I think when we, you first get in the online space, like you're following those girls a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't think that's the way anymore. I think you should create your life around how you want it to be and not what the internet tells you it should be like so how are you keeping your blinders on and staying focused to what you want instead of kind of sponging ideas from the world around you yeah I think I was I am 100% I'll say up the bat like I don't subscribe to the hustle culture I don't believe in it I don't think that you have to work until two o'clock in the morning every single day to have a successful business um I've never done that obviously when I first started my business I did have a full-time job for parts of it. Um, Obviously the seasons that I was working and I did have to work on nights and weekends for my VA clients and doing all that stuff, which is totally fine. But I always set boundaries. That was something that was super important to me is I was never going to let the business be more important than my life, than my marriage, than my friends, than my family. It just wasn't that important to me. And my motto was it can get done tomorrow, which seems weird for a lot of people, but I was lucky enough that I didn't follow a lot of like online coaches or like gurus online. When I first started it to me, it was just, I was doing freelancing work. I did the work, I closed my computer and I lived my life. And the more I got into it, obviously in the coaching space and the mentoring space, I started to see that of like, you got to hustle, you got to get to six figures. You know, you got to work every single weekend. If you don't do that, you don't want it bad enough. And I'm like, what are you on? Like, what are you talking about? I have never done that. I will not allow that to take over my life. And obviously now being full time, I close my computer at four o'clock when my husband done work. Like I don't work a single weekend. I don't answer an email on evenings or weekends. And everyone's like, wow, so good for you. And I'm like, that's just my standard. That's what I should be the normal. Yeah. It should be the normal. You should not be answering your emails. God awful hours on a Saturday. Yeah. And I think it's weird because any type of small business, I think everyone assumes that you have to be super accommodating, but like you don't see the target CEO coming in on a Saturday and answering a customer complaint email. Like, no, they have operating hours, they have business hours, they have structures, but all of a sudden you start a small business and everyone thinks that you need to bend over backwards to accommodate everyone. And I'm like, I'm sorry, then I might not be the person for you if that's what you're expecting, because this is a business that supports my life and that's it. Like I always say, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but like my business is just a job that I happen to own. Like I wouldn't come in on the weekend to answer an email at my job. Like I wouldn't, you know, lose sleep over a customer who yelled at me on the phone. Like I don't do those things. It's just, I happen to own my business and that's the means to me making money. So like, to me, it's just a business. I don't make it my whole identity. I don't make it 
you know, a personality trait of mine. It's just, that's how I make money. It's my business. It's a completely separate entity to me, but everyone begets so invested in it, which obviously it's, you know, it's part of your life. It's your baby. You've done this. You built this from the ground up, which I get, but that's how a lot of people get burnt out because they're become so obsessed with it that they let it control their life. Right. Do you have any tips for someone who feels, feels bogged down by this, that wants to maybe step away from it a little bit or Mm. like have more work freedom? Yeah. I always say, if you feel like you've gotten to a point that you need to step away, do it. And I know that's not the typical information that you usually get from mentors or coaches or anyone in the online space. They're like, you just have to push through and you just have to hustle. And like, there's ebbs and flows and like, you just kind of have to put your head down and grind through it. And I'm like, that's not sustainable. And I've been in the online space for four years and the amount of people that I saw who started around the same time as me or started slightly after me, they scaled to six figures really, really quickly. And then they fell off the face of the earth. They are nowhere to be found. They burnt out. They gave up because they realized that that wasn't sustainable. And it was weird because I had so much imposter syndrome at the beginning because I'm like, wow, I'm not at six figures yet. Or like, wow, I didn't do it as quickly as they did. And then I'm like, where are they? Like what happened to them? And all of their, you know, rah, rah hustle culture obviously didn't work because they're not in the online business anymore, which is totally fine. Lots of people go back to a nine to five job. But for me, it taking four years was okay because I could still have my family and my relationships and my life and my sanity and my mental health. I didn't have to hit that point of burnout it's okay that it took longer. So yeah, if somebody's dealing with feeling like it's a lot, take a step back. It is okay. This is a journey. There's no destination. There's no end goal that you hit it. And you're like, wow, I'm done. Like it just doesn't happen. It's usually a lifelong thing or it's a long-term thing that people work on. So I say, take a step back, you know, allow yourself to not check the emails on the weekends. Like allow yourself to not get back to that client in four minutes flat take time for yourself, like infuse your life back into it. If you have to turn down a project because you have a family event, that is okay because we're building a much bigger thing than just, you know, a six months to six figures, hustle hard. And then you're done journey that a lot of people seem to be on lately. I think sustainability is the key word here. Like we're going for the long-term goal instead of like wowing your peers, which is important anyway. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, those people are, and it's all a charade anyways. And I like to say, most businesses are not profitable in the first five years, but people seem to forget that because of TikTok and Instagram and all these like gurus who are like, oh, I made $20,000 in the first 30 days of business. And I'm like, good for you. That genuinely good for you. Like that is incredible, but that is not the norm. And when you try and make that the norm, people feel like they're failing. People feel like they're not doing something right. People feel like they have to give up because they didn't hit that. And I say the beautiful thing with having an online business, especially a service-based business like 90% of it is profit. You don't have a lot of overhead. You don't have a building. You don't have employees. you like, you have your computer, you do the work, you get paid. So like the fact that you can turn a profit immediately, even if it's only a couple hundred dollars a month, or even if it's only a thousand dollars a month, that is incredible. But people sometimes don't feel like it's good enough because they're not hitting six figures in six months. I'm like, that is not the normal. Please do not make that the standard. That is super weird for having any type of business. So I think people forget that, that it's five years usually. And a lot of businesses fail in the first five years. So I'm like, if you can turn a profit immediately, whether it's $200 or $2,000, pat yourself on the back. You should be impressed with yourself. Yes, Yes. absolutely. (laughs) Sometimes we forget to appreciate how far we've come or the smaller wins as well. We only are focusing on those huge goals when we should be like enjoying the journey as well. Yes. And like, 
even to that, who are you following online? I actually did a huge social media cleanse about a month ago because I was following a lot of people that even if I didn't want to admit it, were triggering for me. They, everything they posted, I'm like, I would either love it or hate it in both in a negative light that I'm like, Oh, good for them. Like, Oh, like I wish I had that. And that I felt less than, or if they were doing something I didn't agree with. And I'm like, why are you talking about that? Or why are you promoting that? None of it was beneficial to me. I deleted about 600 of my followers and I stopped following about 400 people. Most of them coaches, most of them gurus, most of them are these, you know, high earners and high months because I just realized it wasn't good for my mental health. It wasn't good for, you know, my imposter syndrome, because even though I've been doing it for four years, I still struggle with that. So it has been so freeing that I don't compare myself to anybody anymore. I follow people that I actually love following and watching their journey and like supporting them. So that's something else. If you're constantly triggered or you're constantly feeling less than who are you following and who are you watching? Because that's usually a pretty key factor. Perfect. I think, yeah, creating that like community of people that you actually enjoy online. Like these aren't nameless faces anymore, like behind Mm -hmm. these social media accounts, like they're real people like me and you met online and here we are talking on in person, quote unquote. (laughs) So like, yeah, there, there are people behind that and you should enjoy those people. And if you're not, then you're not, you don't have to be friends with them. You don't have to sit with them. (laughs) Unfollow is a powerful button. (laughs) Yes. Yes, totally. (laughs) So speaking of that community, how do you find people that are filling your well, that you do get inspiration from, or you vibe with in that space? Yeah, this was actually something that I struggled with for a long, long time. Um, when I first started my business, I just kind of did it by myself. I just kind of found clients, did the work. And like I said, like close my computer and just kind of checked out as I got more into it within a couple of years and made it my full-time job. I realized that like, I didn't have any friends online. I wasn't making connections because I was just finding the clients, like I said, doing the work and like checking out one that was good. Cause it kept me out of drama because there is a lot of weird drama in the online space, surprisingly. But it also was lonely because now I didn't have the camaraderie of coworkers. Now I was seeing less people because I was working from home, especially during quarantine. And it was lonely. I didn't have those, you know, close people that I chatted with every day on Instagram. I didn't have those people to send funny memes to. And it was weird because I saw a lot of people being like, wow, I found some of my closest friends online or some of my like business besties online. And I was like, how do you get that? Where did you find those? Is that on Amazon? Because like, where do you get that those? On Amazon? <laughs> um, And that was something that I craved. And I actually joined different programs. Some were better than others for the community aspect. But I realized like if I wanted to find people, I had to put myself out there. And I realized that a lot of people struggle with that. But everybody craves friendship, whether they admit it or not, people crave friendship. But everybody is so to themselves that they're like, I want more friends, but I'm not willing to do anything about it. And I just hope that somebody comes to me with this friendship. And I'm the exact same way where I'm like, I want more friends. My husband's like, do you talk to more people? I'm like, no, but they should know I'm cool and they should talk to me. <laughs> um, so I just honestly started having to put myself out there messaging people who I was like, Hey, I've been following you for, for a while. You're really cool. Do you want to hop on a coffee chat? Or like, do you want to just start sending them more and more conversations? So it is something you have to be intentional about, um, joining programs, but obviously not everyone has the budget for that. Not everyone has the budget to join a program or buy a course just for the sake of making friends. So I think being intentional, taking action and not being scared to be the one who puts yourself out there to people who you think are cool or like have the same vibe as you. So it's been a journey and a process, but like now I'm finally starting to get to the point where like, I see the benefit of having those online peers and those business besties. Um, but it's just something I struggle with all the time of like, 
I love their content, but they don't know I love their content because I haven't sent them a message or like, I'm just like secretly hoping that they're going to message me and be friends. So yes, it's a little bit tricky. (laughs) It's like, uh, I don't want to be a weirdo. I know (laughs) it's like being friends. Like, hi, you're kind of cool. Do you want to be friends? Like, yes, everyone wants to be friends, but it just seems like such a weird You can't give someone online, like half your PB and J at lunch. Exactly. You can't do that. Maybe we or like should... awkwardly smile to them on the street. <laughs> and, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So some people are probably still kind of wondering what VAs do. So can you just give me like two or three examples of like something you would do for a company? Yes. There, VA is a very broad term because there are so many, there's even different avenues of being a VA admin, creative, social media, tech. Um, but like in general, I say, think of the million things that somebody has to do to run an online business, whether that's, you know, email management or calendar management or like posting to their Instagram or, you know, organizing their Google drive. Like think of all of the things outside of either selling the product or offering the service that like that business owner billing invoicing has to do to like run the business. So a lot of the stuff that I do is like email management, calendar management. Um, I help some of my clients with like podcasting. So I'll do like show notes or like uploading it to their website. Um, I help some of my clients with like lead generation on like LinkedIn. There's lots of little tasks here and there, you know, organizing documents or like making SOPs. So the beautiful thing about being a virtual assistant is you can offer anything and you can kind of niche yourself into being like, oh, I don't like the admin stuff, but I'm a very organized person or I love tech or I love systems. You can start to focus on that area, but there's no limit to the thing that you can do as a virtual assistant. Do you have a specific project that you really want to work on? Like some, it can be like with someone or like a new avenue or something. Yes. I am a big ideas person. I don't follow a lot of like personality tests, but I I like Enneagram and I'm an Enneagram seven, which is like ideas, lots of projects, but like don't always follow through. So I'm definitely guilty of this where I have like notebooks full of ideas and projects that I want to come up. And you're like, yep, got Here's one my notebook too. right here. <laughs> it is terrible. Um, I would love to develop more of a community for the online space. Like I was saying, it is very lonely and I would love to figure out how to like match, make people together or like even just build more of a community for myself. Um, and something that I love doing and I haven't talked about a lot. So maybe this is my like coming out story hey, of what I'm working it. on. We're putting it into the world. <laughs> um, is I love working with like adventurepreneurs or like, you know, adventure seekers. So I really want to develop a resource or like a, the go-to place for people who love van life or like sailboats or like traveling or like backpacking can go to learn how to start an online business. Because I feel like there's a lot for travel people or digital nomads. There's a lot for moms. There's a lot for, you know, post-grads, but being somebody who worked in an RV for three months online, I could not find anything about how to do that. How do you find Wi-Fi? What type of business do you start? How do you work with clients on the road? Speaking of, I'm hitting the road soon. And what am I going to do for Wi-Fi? (laughs) It's tricky. And that's the thing. They don't teach you. So like we had to figure out how do you get Wi-Fi? Where do you park? Do you have to, you know, park? Like we spent a lot of nights near McDonald's and Walmart because like that's, you get Wi-Fi in the parking lot, but like nobody talks about those things. So I'm hoping to create resources and, you know, projects and like, just things that people who want to work on the road can utilize. So that's kind of in the mix for this year. (laughs) If there is a tech person listening to this and you invent nomad Wi-Fi, like you're going to be really wealthy. So 
put that on your list. I guess that's Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> Starlink. Starlink, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> Got to make that more accessible and cheaper. But that, yeah. So that's my main goal is really, because that's who I am. That's who my husband and I are. We're adventure seekers. We, you know, want to buy a C-class RV and we want to buy a tiny home and we want to do all these things. But like nobody talks about do that and run an online business. So that's a really big project that I'm hoping to work on is making resources and, you know, digital guides and all of the things that somebody needs to be like, I'm going to go hiking. I'm going to go backpacking in my van and I still need to work with my clients. So how can I do that? Yes. That's, that's a great resource. I can't wait till you put that out. First one on your list. Sign me up. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Do you have a bucket list goal or a fuck it list goal you want to share with us business or non-biz? Um, business, we kind of talked about that. We, so we'll about talk about that. <laughs> we got that. Um, I love to travel. So I am the weirdest thing. My friends tell me that I am the laziest, most motivated person ever, because if I'm not traveling and adventuring, I am sitting on the couch for four days straight. I feel, it is the weird- I feel that so hard. <laughs> like I was just traveling. Yeah. I would get so much work done in the morning and then get to mess around all afternoon. It was great. But if I'm at home, it will take me 12 hours to do that yes. one task. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm like, I have to go for a hike. So like we're, my husband, and I did that last fall. We were in the mountains. I'm like, I have one hour in the morning to like answer emails and do stuff. The computer is getting closed and we're going adventuring. And I felt very productive. And then I come home and I'm like, ah, I'll do that next week. <laughs> it's another day. Um, but yes, I would say bucket list, love traveling. My top three countries that I really want to go to are Iceland, New Zealand, and Costa Rica. I've been to Costa Rica once before, but I didn't do it justice. So I want to go back. Um, I would love to do RV life again. So if anyone wants to, is listening to this and wants to donate an RV to me, I'm going to post. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sure we can link an email so you can. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but RV life, but I also want to be a homebody. I, I don't know if anyone is listening and has this problem, or maybe you have this problem, but I have like 10 different dream lives that I want to live in this one lifetime. And I don't Same. think I'm going to have time or the financial means to do it. Um, and my husband thinks I'm crazy, but like, I want to live in a penthouse in New York city. I don't even like cities. I don't like people, but like, I want to live in a penthouse. Seems in New York cool city. though. Yeah, it does. Like I want to, you know, build a tiny home on a piece of property. I want to like travel around the world in an RV. Like I want to build my like luxurious 5,000 square foot farm with like, you know, goats in the backyard. Like these are all very different things that cost a lot of money, but my brain's like, you can do them all. And I'm starting to think that I can't. So that's like me. I want to write a book. I want to like renovate a big old home and turn it into like a writer's retreat. I want to travel the world. I there's it's stupid, stupid. (laughs) I'm worried I'm running out of time. So That's if anyone has a podcast for is that. for, so like the people who want to do it all here, yes. we are. this is where we live. Yeah. Poor, poor husbands and partners and mothers and family Ooh, members that have to the, listen to poor us. Parents, they have terrible gray hair from us. <laughs> terrible. Do you have, so yes, those are some things that I want to do, but do you have a piece of advice to give someone looking to carve their own path on this journey to freedom? What is something to help them like get going, get started, just do it? Yes. Um, This is probably going to end up sounding very cliche, but like, just do it. Like, I think that's Nike's. So maybe make sure we can maybe trademark. (laughs) Don't trademark that. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not TM. Um, Literally just do it. Try it. I know people are like, oh, great advice, Jess. But like, 
you have to try because if it doesn't work and the other thing that I say is, so what? Like someone's like, oh, I tried it and it didn't work. So what? Try something else. And they're like, oh, but I'm worried about what other people will think of me. One, people usually don't actually care. Most people are so- They don't think about you, side note. No, (laughs) they're so worried about themselves thinking about what other people are thinking about them that they're not. And if you do come across that one person who's judgy, like your aunt Susan or something, sorry, any aunt Susans out there that are listening, like, so what? She's like 50 years old and miserable and probably divorced and like never did anything productive with her life. And she's jealous. Like she's triggered that you are attempting something that she never did. So like, go for it, try it. If it doesn't work, so what? You're not a failure. You're literally just trying different things in life. It's like trying jobs. If you hate it, quit it, try it something else. So that's been my mottos, you know, try it. And so what, because that's gotten me a lot of places and you literally never know what door or opportunity could be open from you trying something. I say like, start the most random online business because you never know who you might meet, you know, what opportunity could fall in your lap, you know, what networking or relationship you could try that could like turn into something crazy, especially with the power of social media and Instagram and reels or TikTok and reels is like, you just truly never know what could come from it. So I know it sounds cliche, but literally just try. If you have something that you can't stop thinking about or you dream about all the time, or you're like, well, one day stop that. Literally just do it. Just try and go for it. Yes. Sometimes the money's not there and you can bootstrap it and do all those things, but you're going to cliche again, you're going to regret the things that you didn't attempt because even if you go for it and it doesn't work, so what? Like, yes. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> My parents are having a hard time right now because I have an unconventional job and I am hoping to travel a lot this year in my little adventure rig and they're having a hard time. They really are. Yeah. They've sat me down and like really tried to talk me out of it sometimes or tell me to get a real job, that kind of thing. But I told them, I was like, what is the worst case scenario? Worst yeah. case scenario is I fail and I come back and get a job. Yes. Like literally that is the worst thing that could happen. So yeah. you, so yeah. you fail and then, then you, so what? <laughs> you back up and you try again. Yeah. So. And I'm glad that you said that because I think the worst, like the fear is what holds a lot of people back and people are like, Oh, I'm scared of this. So like, what if this happens? Like, what if this? And I'm like, I actually want you to stop. And I want you to, like you said, I want you to think of worst case scenario. You invest this money, you start this business, you try this thing, you go after this dream and it doesn't work what is the absolute worst case scenario? And people think literally worst case are like, oh, I'm going to end up homeless and die. And I'm like, that's probably not what's actually going to happen. Not. <laughs> You're a little dramatic in that one. But like you said, if you quote unquote fail, which is not, it's a lesson. It's not a failure. You come back and you get a job. Oh, wow. That was hard. But it's like, it's an yeah. ego thing. It's it an is. ego thing for a lot of people. They're like, oh, I failed. I'm like, no, you didn't. Like you tried something that 99% of other people wouldn't try. And if it didn't work, so what? Go get another job, save up some money and try something else. Like that's literally that's worst it. case scenarios. They just get another job. <laughs> yeah. And that's so key because like, if you didn't try the worst case scenario is that you regret that for the rest of your life. Yes. And you and, never know what could have come from that. Yeah. And I think that's way worse than having to maybe get a job. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'd rather go flip burgers after my like year long trip around the world didn't work out or like I had to come back early. Like, so what? Like if I'm flipping burgers at McDonald's, saving up like $15 an hour. Okay. Like, I know this isn't the thing I'm going to be doing forever, but a lot of people, it's that ego is hurt. They feel like 
wow, this is the thing they're going to be stuck with. But like, as we went back to the beginning, you always have freedom of choice. You can always change. You can always move. You can always like, but a lot of people tie so much emotional baggage to it, or they think it's an ego thing or what, again, what are people going to think or like worst case scenario, but like life's not that complicated. Like just literally go for it. Life is too short. We have too many dreams that we want to do. Like just try it. I assure you it'll probably be okay. I got a, <laughs> our, there was a uh, audio on probably reels or TikTok the other day. And it said, what is the meaning of life? I'll describe it in five words to enjoy the passage of time. Ooh, and like, like okay, that's what we're doing. We're doing the things we want. We are enjoying this sh- very short life we have. And that's all we can do. Absolutely. It's just, might as well try it. Just try it. Just try it. Life that's, is too short. our motto for the day. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> just, just go for it. And I'm the worst person because if someone has a dream, I'm like the enabler of- Yeah, I'm like, oh, you should Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> like, I want to be an artist and paint on like the side streets of France. I'm like, you should do it. You, you know, everyone's totally like, <laughs> do it. I'm the worst. I'm like, I will tell you to follow your dreams, even if they're not realistic. I will like, there's too many people, too many pressures in society that are already telling you worst case scenario. You shouldn't do it. What about this? There's already too many of those. So even if it's a little unrealistic and like, it might not work out, I am not going to be the person to tell you that it will not be because I don't know. I literally yeah. don't know. There so is no, I'm be no the one such thing as impossible anymore. Like people do anything they want. And I just yes. wish everyone could see that instead of seeing everyone telling them that they can't do it. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad you said that. And something that I remember hearing on a podcast a handful of years now is someone said, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I want to do that, but it's not possible for me. And she said, if there is one single person in this world successful doing the thing that you want to be doing, there is now proof that it is possible. You no have matter an what. Example. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> but they're like, so-and-so is already doing it. Or like, I can't do it. Or I couldn't be successful. I'm like, if there is one person in this 8 billion people or 7 billion people on this earth and they are successful at it, that means there's a demand, there's a need for it. People want it. People will pay for it. If they can be successful, so can you. So stop being like, oh, so-and-so is already doing it. That is not proof you can't do it. It's actually proof that it is possible for you. So if there's one And when it's done by you, it's different than when it's done by them just because it's you. So oversaturation is not a thing. No. Because you will find your people and that's it. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. (laughs) What is next for you and your Wi-Fi wanderers and all of it? Yeah. Um, I think kind of touching on what I said before is I really want to take this. I mean, it sounds big, but like go for it. Jess is like global. I've started to dabble into TikTok, which has been super powerful with connecting with different people. But like my mission really is to like empower people and like provide them with the resources to like live that hell. Yes. Dream life. Don't know if I can say all yes, but I said you can it. say um, yes. explicit. <laughs> you're like, we're good here. <laughs> um, dream life and like provide them with the means to do it because there's a lot of people who tell you to live your dream life, but like that stuff costs money. And like, we're not oblivious to the fact that like life costs money. So I want to be able to help provide those people with resources, teach them what they need to know, like pass on all the information that took me years and years and mistakes and lessons learned so they can go live that dream lifestyle, whether that's in the mountains, on your couch, in an RV, on a rescue farm, whatever that looks like. I just want to empower people mostly women, but men too, um, to do that and be able to make the money and just be like, hell yes, I can say whatever I want. 
Perfect. <laughs> Where can listeners connect with you online? Yes. So I am on Instagram, wifi.wanderers. And I'm also on TikTok, same username, wifi.wanderers. Some of my more personality comes out on TikTok, but you can still find great content on Instagram and Instagram stories. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing to chat with. So good. (laughs) Bye, Jess. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you're loving these episodes. Your reviews help more people find the unconventional creative and build our community. Until next time, creatives, keep living outside the lines.